Welcome to Insightful Essence, the podcast that uses self-awareness from a neurological perspective. By learning the biological components of our mood, relationship problems, emotion management, and other things, we remove judgment and replace it with empowerment. I am your host, Rosalind Perez, mental health counselor and life coach. Let's get ready to rise above survival. Welcome everyone to Insightful Essence, the podcast where we explore and dive deep into the mind and the subconscious and learn so much about ourselves. And today I have a special guest. I am very excited and honored. Our guest is internationally acclaimed mind coach, hypnotherapist, presenter, TEDx speaker, best-selling author, business consultant, and fellow of the Royal Society of Medicine. Please, and um, this is just so short because this there's so much more, and I'm honored to have Dr. Stephen with us. How are you? Well, I'm great, and I have to say um, I'm humbled by your introduction, and um, don't anybody get fooled by the number of words. Usually in this business, less is more, but... Um, um, I, I spoke to you, would it, would it be about a month or more ago? And uh, we had a great conversation then. And I'm like, it's, it's going to be, this podcast is going to be fun or we're going to die making oh, it fun. Absolutely. Absolutely. I have like so many questions and I know that there's so many misconceptions when it comes to, to mindfulness and also hypnotherapy, hypnotherapy and neurolinguistic programming. And I know that even though you have so many practices and background and knowledge when it comes to to the coaching industry um what better opportunity but just to have an expert and to clarify and any misconceptions that may be out there but uh tell us a little bit more about like what got you into the the coaching um business and what's your area of expertise what do you enjoy most of coaching and what specializes you well, we've all got a journey, and I hear people saying, groaning, oh, oh, please, not another journey. But the fact is that we we all do. They're necessary. And, um, I agree. <laughs> they're necessary. Yeah. Because, you know, if it was left to us in our grand plans, nothing would ever get done. Fortunately, the journey takes a lot of the heavy lifting out of it. Yeah. And very often, a journey starts with adversity, very often. And it certainly did in my case. Uh, my background was... Um, a medical doctor, uh, emergency medicine and surgery. And um, many years ago now, I think I was about 30, 32 or something like that. Um, I, I had a back injury. I'd, I'd had it for a few years, but it got worse. It got to the point where I had to give up sport. I couldn't carry shopping. Uh, I could, you know, travel was difficult. And um, I was at the local supermarket and there was a lady there. She must have been my guardian angel. She said, uh, why, why are you having so many difficulty carrying these bags, a big guy like you? And I said, you know, I've got a bit of back pain. And she said, you need to see this guy, Yander Fries. And I was in Scotland. Mm -hmm. And uh, I said, oh, well, is he good with bags? Oh, yeah, he's very good. He does acupuncture. And I was a bit put off by that because uh, it was the height of HIV and we were all warned, don't ever get anywhere near a needle. Needles. <laughs> mm -hmm, I imagine. Yeah. It's like skeptical. Yeah, but anyway, <laughs> I was kind of bullied into making an appointment and I did. And um, he had a lovely place uh, uh, 
up in a place called True, and it's a lovely part of Scotland, you know, next to a very famous golf course. And I went there and I thought, God, this is going to cost me a lot of money. Um, but it didn't. It didn't cost me too much. And the guy was only with me about a couple of minutes. He told me to lie down. He stuck some needles in me. And I thought, well, you know, waste of time. I got up, uh, didn't feel any different, went home, didn't feel any different. And um, I told my wife, uh, who was, you know, she was the bully, made me go. I said, that was a waste <laughs> of time. And I said, and, and I said, and I probably got AIDS. And, and, and she said, oh, no, no. <laughs> so she, she phoned up this this lovely Dutch man and, and he laughed. He said, he, your, your husband hasn't got AIDS um, because we use sterile disposable needles. It's mm -hmm. all, you know. And I said, oh, okay. So at least that was one good thing. I went in HIV free and I came out HIV free. Lost some way, but anyway. Next morning, I jumped out of bed. I hadn't even thought about it. I just jumped out of bed. The pain had gone overnight. Wow. So there you are. That challenged. It made my conventional views of medicine come crashing down. And because I'm a curious person, I thought, I've got to know more about this acupuncture. Yeah. And I went on a call. Yeah. Did you apologize to your wife? <laughs> uh yeah <laughs> i think i did I said something like that now i she was thrilled to see me carrying her shopping <laughs> yeah i bet um, i bet so, so anyway that opened my eyes to alternative medicine complementary medicine whatever you want to call it mm -hmm. and i and i got some great results using acupuncture and i moved on one thing happens to another. and then i had a more serious injury about uh, in 2007 and that i had got a very senior job then a lot of international work in uh, war zones and things very physical okay. and uh, this neck injury i had to have my annual medical and basically i failed said you we you know we can't give you your ticket i said well what do i do now they said well we'll give you a job and, uh, and a desk in london or we'll give you some money and you can do whatever you want so I think I tried the desk job for a few months and I knew that wasn't me. And by coincidence, I'd just been to a training course uh, in NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming. And, and that, and there I thought, oh gosh, I could use this, you know, so much in the work I'm doing. And, uh, you know, maybe even one day I might do this full time. So here I was, uh, had some money to go away and do a new career. And that's exactly what I did. And I've been doing it ever since wow. and uh, learning a lot of stuff on the way. Um, sorry, that's taking so long, but that was my journey to whoa, you know, how I'd got from there to today. No, not at all. This is so necessary. We all, as you said at the beginning, we all have a journey and it is, we connect through storytelling and, and it, it makes us, be more accessible to to your clients a lot of times people that come to services they may see um, providers or coaches as if they were in a different level and and exempt from difficult life situations but it is through sharing our journeys and our life stories that we can truly genuinely connect so i i love it i love every single bit of it um 
So you do have, you, you, you use neuro-linguistic programming, which we're, we can use interchangeably with NLP, also mindset coaching and also hypnotherapy. hypnotherapy. I always get my, my words get stuck with that. So bear with me. Um, do, you shoot, do you use them interchangeably? And what are the differences between these three concepts? I, well, do you know what? When I'm with a client, I've never made a decision in advance, you know, any particular technique. And, and I've been using all of these for enough years now that they, you, you know, they are unconsciously installed in me. I don't, I, you know, it, they're just there all the time. Um, you know, it's like having my own GPS system inside. And I would say that all of them have given me a foundation about how the mind works. They're all slightly different models. But when, when you said we all like storytelling, we love storytelling, we do. I mean, I'm with my grandson at the moment, who's three years old, mm -hmm. and he loves me to read little fairy stories. Yes. And you say that they, you know, we call them fairy stories, but they're not really. They've, they've all got a message, but he just loves identifying <laughs> with the parts in it. And when I work with clients, I try that, to take them on a journey that's appropriate for them. And, and we'll use stories and we'll use a lot of metaphors. I mean, I'm not going to say... Um, well, I usually wouldn't say, okay, you know, I had this bad neck injury and and this found me, you know, I found NLP. I'll say something like, you know, it's funny, but I, I saw a client, you know, just like you, they were struggling with this injury and they were just aware of all the things that they're having to give up in their life. And, you know, the doctor said, you've just got to get used to it. This is the way it's going to be. But this person took a different approach. This person thought, well, you know, how about if uh, how about if I started to recognize what some of these people are telling me that the unconscious mind or the subconscious mind, whichever we want to call it, is is like much more hugely powerful than this little bit of my conscious mind up here. You know, the ego, this constant chatter saying, oh, you're a failure. Yeah, you'll never get over this injury and, you know, give up ever thoughts of going for long walks through the mountains, all this kind of stuff. But what if it doesn't have to be like that? What about if we accept that the unconscious mind, you know, loves these stories and can relate to them? How about if in our mind, okay, we can't walk in the mountains right now, but we can certainly imagine we can, and, you know, and we can dream what it'd be like. We can make this movie, and there's no budget on this movie. We can put in exactly what we want, and we're going to drain our five senses in adding the details. In NLP, these are called the modalities. It's how we experience our environment. And we're all the same. We've got what we see, what we hear, what we feel, what we smell, and what we taste. And funnily enough, even if the people who are blind, they can still visualize, which is another you know, thing that's very important. Mm -hmm. So if we, we build this video of us walking, down the forest trail, wherever it might be, and we put in the people who are with us, what we're wearing, the noise of the birds and the other noises we can hear, and this, you know, this big, big, big picture. And what some people, strangely enough, forget to do, they forget to put themselves in the picture. So yeah, we've got to be right in the middle of this picture, 
And there's no point us frowning and struggling and looking in pain, smiling, happy, laughing, free. So um, I guess the highlight there is it's all done in the unconscious mind. It's all done. I think my opinion here, and it is only my opinion, is that therapy that targets the unconscious mind has a much greater success than therapy that targets the conscious mind. For a start, you're using a lot more brain power. Yes. And uh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I've seen it. I I am a licensed clinical social worker and I'm also a coach. However, I work, do so much work with the subconscious because as you said, the consciousness it has just access to, to the language, to what people remember and to what people think they know, but it, it's not always connected with the true source of many of the people of the distress that people experience. And we maybe, for example, I and, and this is a little bit of my story. I was known by really wanting to help people. I still am. Um, I know to help people. I love people and connect with people. However, there was a part of that intent that was coming from a subconscious part of me that wasn't was not healed. And I was functioning kind of like pretty much as what people may call the savior complex. And that exchange of me doing things for others was being done at some point with me wanting to get that gratification of people needing me. And I wasn't aware of that. That was in my subconscious area. I have to do work in order for me to uncover that. And I was able to learn that with my clients, I was able to do a good job, but with like family members and my, I wanted to, to have a similar control as I had in a position of professional and client. And guess what? It, it wreaked havoc. It was just bringing distress into my personal relationships because I wanted to feel that I was saving everyone, my siblings, my husband, my daughters. And it's because this subconscious part of me was driving that behavior. And the interesting part is that I wasn't even aware of that. To me, I was going off with the uh, um, language or the verbalization that I just want people to 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 be better. I just want to help people. This is just who I am. But deep down, there was a part of me, not all, but a part of me that was acting out of that ego, that fear, that lack of self-worth. Because if I am not needed, if I cannot help you, then what's my purpose in life? So it was a little bit distorted. And after hitting rock bottom with personal situations, I had no other option but just to look at that internal pain. And that's why I I, I just like, it's changed my life. And ever since I have approached with my clients, digging deeper, my, incorporating mindfulness, guided imagery, and uh, words that like you like you, were, you would say is just guided meditation, it, you really tap into that unconscious mind where it's everything relies there so yeah i'm listening i'm hearing and it's just absolutely yes so connect that it's a language that i think we haven't tapped fully into and it's so needed so needed because there's so much that we can do with that consciousness and the information that we that we have there because it's just way bigger 
everything that it's in the subconscious mind. Well, I love that. I've learned something. I love that expression, the savior syndrome or whatever you called it. Yeah. And that is definitely a very common journey that, that those of us who end up in this kind of business have been on. And I, I would put it in a bit more of a positive uh, situation for you because it's, it's a very generous thing for a person to want to help another person who's got a similar problem. Okay, you know, I've got this problem, okay, but, you know, maybe I'm not even aware of it, but at least I can help somebody else. I mean, there's nothing ever can be, you know, wrong with that. It's, yeah. it's generous, it comes from the heart. But <laughs> on the other side of the coin, you're absolutely right. You're never going to perform at the highest level as a therapist. You're definitely going to help people, and they're going to definitely be very grateful to you. But it's only when you you that you you have to go on a self healing exercise at the same time. And and I suspect that when we're working with other people, I mean, therapy always flows in two directions. It's never just to one thing. And and I think we grow ourselves by working with others as therapists and when you reach the point that you clearly have that you've addressed the issues that you can that you can get to in your life and the way you think about them then that definitely um muffles the ego the ego doesn't like it yeah. it will put up a heck of a fight for sure and, and want you to go back, you know, following these special mantras that worked in the past and, you know, and all, and all the willpower. But um, I'm no, no, I mean, I'm, I'm with you 100%. And the best I can do if when I'm working with somebody is, you know, like just before I will have a consultation or a call or something, make sure that I've really got rid of all of my ego. And make sure that I've got rid of any preconceived clever plan that I thought, oh, I must try this. This could work with this person. I come to a meeting with nothing other than me. And I wait and see what happens. And so far, fingers crossed, because I've still got ego saying, you're going to trip up. <laughs> you're going to eat humble pie, Steve, one of these yeah. days. Something always works. And... Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I, I'm, well, I should ask you, is that how it feels with you? It does. It does. And sometimes I am more successful in clearing my mind and coming from a, a present place. And other times I can sense the ego wanting to get in the way. The good thing is that I am I have that awareness. I can sense when the ego is get it's, it's shaking inside, perhaps because of something that the client said. And through that awareness, I get a little more control over it and just like take a couple of deep breaths and just notice and observe that. But sometimes I'm more successful as coming in and stepping in, in the presence of another human being without having any conceptions and removing any, any conceptual thinking. But other times it's not as easy, depending because we're, we're, we're triggered and that subconscious mind is something that it's just so huge. I'm not sure if this has happened to you, but when I started 
in this business and in this career and working with with humans in general I always believe that I know who I am I'm so connected with myself I understand psychology and I used to have this rhetoric but it was not until I have moments in my life that shook me to my core showed me my ego my raw self all of my unhealed wounds that were just still so vividly interfering with my daily interactions that um now I go by I can't wait to continue to learn about myself because each time I continue just to learn and learn and learn about myself so this has been my experience but um it sounds like what what you're doing and and this is something that when you were talking just kind of to quickly go back into stepping in without carrying anything can be so hard for, for many because we just carry that with that memory and that storage unit and we just like carried with us for, for for everything. And I was reading one of your articles and, and it just like struck me, I really loved it, is how you help people get freedom pretty much by releasing results even more when you work with with business and and people like maybe like in championships because I know that you're uh, sport related and just whenever they just forget about the results but just like focus on being on the moment and the present it's just that clients can feel I think it was one of your testimonies or one of your articles they feel like freed so it's not only you saying that to your clients, but hearing you, it's also you put it in practice for yourself, which is so important. Just kind of like stepping in. Am I making sense? You're making more sense than most people I listen to. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, to be quite honest, I mean, I, I shouldn't joke about this. Uh, everybody that I talk with, as far as I'm concerned, they're making sense because they're explaining what's going on in their head. And it definitely makes sense to them. And sometimes I might suggest, well, um, why don't you just change change around some of the words that you've just said? I said only only if it feels comfortable for you. And normally there'll be a little ah oh, yeah, and 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 they'll try it because, in fact, the uh, I had a client earlier today and. I've known this guy a long time, so we've done quite a bit of work together with him. He sees a therapist, a counselor on a regular basis, and he sees me just a few times a year when he feels he needs something a bit different. And he said, I've been seeing this lady and she's really good, but, and I definitely feel better. You know, she's made me think about things that I've never thought before. And, and she's pointed out actually, or, or rather I've come to the realization that Actually, I had an abusive father and I'm 44 years old. And it's through working with this lady that I kind of just realized that, that actually I've just accepted it as being normal the way I'm thinking. But actually, I think he called it um, uh, miserably happy or something like that. <laughs> miserably normal, miserably normal yeah. for him. And he's one of these kind of guys who wanted to know what was this lady doing? And, and for that matter, you know, what do I do when, when I'm working with him? And I said, the truth is in, again, in my humble opinion is we don't do as a therapist, we don't do anything. 
our, our responsibility, first of all, is to show up in a good state ourselves, you know, like make sure we, you know, we're not stressed. You know, we've done the deep breathing, the kind of things you've mentioned. And, and we've cleared our mind of all of the things that are there, you know, running a business like we do on our own, you know, all kinds of stuff going on that drives us crazy. The patients don't, clients don't, but everything else does. And I said, look, it's um, it, it's really the fact that when you can start to calm down this busy part of your mind, all of the answers are actually inside you. You don't need anybody to put anything into you. And I said, and reading all these books and audio books and videos and all the rest of it, you know, it might be interesting and intriguing and sometimes can, you know, shift things, no doubt about that. But at the end of the day, you're the only one who can do it. And, and, um, and, and um, I said, I think you, you know, I can't imagine exactly what words I used, but I said, people are either running away from something or they're running to something. Now, a lot of therapy is dealing with people running away from something like, you know, their history, you know, they've had bad experiences and stuff. And there are techniques that, you know, we all know that can be very effective in those circumstances. But much more powerful is when we can run towards something because our default settings are to be hopeful, to be mindful, to be curious, to be excited, yes. to be slightly worried about not knowing what's going to happen, but have, trusting that it's going to be good. That's where the story coming yeah. comes. Yeah, no, I, I love it so much. And I, I it feels like I'm connecting with it, each single word that you're saying. Me being a counselor, I've seen how much yes we, we're so fixated with wanting to understand and sometimes I just like redirect my clients yes there can be healing when we understand however it's still not going to be enough because it is in the action where you're moving forward from that point on and what if you actually don't even get to understand then you still have information that it's valuable you at least your body will never lie to you your mind will never lie to you and it will let you know through your feelings, through your emotions, that there's something that you, you're not pleased with. So it's like, how do we listen to that and, re and, and allow ourselves permission to redirect that GPS? Because we only want to travel through one specific road. And then if we happen to be driving down that road and it happens to be closed because we're doing some work, we just freak out because we just don't want to go through a different route that we never have access. And of course, that's part of the subconscious and that survival brain protect. We don't want to do something that it's unknown, but it's like we that's sometimes the steps that we need to do. We need to take steps and redirect and be open to allow our newer pathways to try new things and recreate and use curiosity use imagination i have uh, i'm not sure if you have done this and, and i would love to hear a little bit more uh, on how hypnotherapy uh, because there are so many misconceptions but i have done exercises like futuristic journaling that's how i call it there might be another concept but that's how i call it with my clients and it's just for them to in a year from now like how do you see yourself 
and then write it down, but be so specific with details, it includes smells and includes include absolutely everything in your journey that you see yourself. How would you love to see yourself? And sometimes people have like difficulties, difficulties being, and even if they if they wanted to be more confident, they cannot envision themselves. So it's just kind of like a way, how do we break with that and incorporate information into that subconscious that it's not going to come out of nowhere. We have to do the the, the work in that sense. Yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah, I mean, I, I love, I love the way you describe that. And my apologies, apologies, by the way, for my phone going off. I have a checklist of. <laughs> oh no, you're, I didn't, I didn't even hear it. So we're good. <laughs> oh, good. Okay. All right. I'll take that apology back. I must have been hallucinating something. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, with this, um, what do you call it? Future projection. What were the words I, you used? I, I just it? used the uh, uh, futuristic journaling. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, you're you, without even knowing it, you're using the NLP techniques there. You're taking someone in a journey, you're telling a story, and you're using those five modalities and packing them all full of detail. Um, I, I, I came. I had this idea out of nowhere a few years ago because I would. I do very much the same thing. I call it being having your own Steven Spielberg inside your head, making your own movie, and. And and what and you're quite right. Things in the future, even with, when you put all those details in, they can seem, you know, a bit a, a bit far away. You know, you can't touch out and reach them. So I I I, I take them under light hypnosis to the end point, and I say you're looking around. It's a year later, and somebody taps you on your shoulder, and you turn around. And um, there's a, a young lady there, or young man, doesn't really matter what it could be. It could be a dog, I suppose, but no, a dog wouldn't work very well. And they say, look, I'm sorry to bother you, but if you just got a moment, I, I write for the local newspaper and um, I'm doing a, you know, always looking for a story. Uh, you've had a great year by anybody's standards. So, share it briefly in just a few words with with the readers what looking back what do you think were the key things that you did that positioned you for the year you've just had and you go ah moving the eyes to the right examining that right part of the brain there and you say okay well these were the th three things that, that i learned that worked for me and that Okay, you've just slightly changed that story or added another dimension to it, and suddenly it it is more real. You can you really can smell it then. Yes, yeah, I love it. I absolutely yeah, worth trying playing with that one. What was that? As I say, yeah, I mean it's worth playing with it. Um I, I like I like to um sometimes come up with extraordinary stories. So I'll say uh I'll say I I, I decided I wanted to build an aircraft carrier in my back garden well my back garden is not that not big enough but that doesn't matter i was gonna say that just, you must have had a good garden right there because yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's the great thing about the mind the mind doesn't think of logical barriers like that but then i didn't know where to start and i thought i'm gonna have to cancel this project i just you know can't do it but then i thought well i know how i can make a shelf so I could put a shelf up 
in where the captain would be sitting and he could put his books on there. And that's what my sports teacher said. The hardest bit of any job is to put your boots on. So once you start on a project, even if it's a very small step indeed, at least it's a start. This guy, this guy I was speaking to this morning, I mean, he's in my head now because he's such a lovely man. And uh, he, he works alone and he's in like TV and radio and a lot of it is remote work now. And he said, I realized that I've just got to get out of my own head. I got to mix with more people socially and at work. I'm just locked up here all the whole time. So he's, he got an invitation, an, in, an industry invitation that people were going to have some drinks in a pub in London. And it meant that he had to, you know, drive in with all the hassle of, that that involves. And he turned up and, and he didn't want to go because he's quite a shy guy, didn't want to go. But he thought, no, I've got to, you know, working, I, you know, I've got to try different things. That's what the lady therapist tells me. And that's what <laughs> you do. Yeah, try different things. So he went and he turned up and there was nobody there. And he asked around and the guy behind the bar, he said, well, it's next week. It's next Monday. It's not this Monday. And he said, the funny thing was that ordinarily, you know, me being perfectionist self, I'd have been furious. He said, but I actually felt thrilled because it wasn't the fact he'd made the effort to get there and he'd got there. Yeah. And he said, I didn't, I didn't consider a waste of my time because ordinarily I wouldn't have done that. And for sure, he's definitely going to be there, you know, next week. And okay. uh, he'll probably he'll probably enjoy it. Yeah. But it's these small steps, you see. We're always learning. Yes, and it is that action piece. How does, how would you say that? What's what's the process or what's going on in the brain whenever people get allow themselves and open up for hypnotherapy? And what's the difference between talk therapy versus hypnotherapy? Well, what would you say? There's probably less difference than people think. Uh, there are, as you said earlier, when we started, there's a lot of um, misconceptions about hypnosis. And uh, maybe I'll make, do my best to try and explain you know, what, what those might be. I regard hypnosis as a state of mind, and it's very much like the state of mind that people get from meditation, or the state of mind that people get uh, in prayer, or the state of mind that people get when they're doing something with their hands and, and they're you know not aware of time or anything like that, they're just absorbed in their task, whatever it might be. And when people can do things like that, that's what connects them to the power of the unconscious mind. So hypnosis or hypnotherapy is a way to help them to make that first step. And it's going back to a few minutes ago. Uh, we've got to go there first. When we're working with somebody, we have to be in that nice, relaxed place first. And when we are, when that person's sitting opposite to us or next to us or on the screen, because so much is done on Zoom now, isn't it? Um, they will automatically, we, we, we automatically are mimics, we copy people. So if I'm speaking fast and I'm looking nervous, 
then slightly you're going to slightly feel like that as well and and you, and you might not like it but but if i'm clearly you know pretty much relaxed as i could be without falling asleep and breathing slowly and and smiling then the other person's going to react to that because the chances are if they're seeing me for the first time that they're not feeling like that when they come in so i give them some space to sit down and I'll start by talking to them, you know, like, you know, just using a few little techniques like that. And then sooner or later, they'll, you know, they'll, so to speak, be, be on my, will be on the same wave, wave, like, wavelength, will be synchronizing. And, you know, perhaps then I might, I might say, close your eyes. I might not. It doesn't really particularly matter. But we'll go on some kind of journey and we, we'll explore what it is. I'll ask some questions. And then we might finish with a little guided meditation or a little, you know, mild hypnotic trance or something like that. But we're just we're just finding better and better, easier ways to communicate with the unconscious mind because you know that and the healing is that's where the healing takes place inside that person. And I and it's true I do work with a lot of sports people and have done over the years. And when they do something really good, you know, they post a personal best. I, I really want to be be with them as soon as I can after they've you know come off the field or the golf course or whatever it might be, and before the press get to them or anybody else, I just say, come on, if you could put that in a bottle today, what was it? Because mm -hmm. I want I want to grab it while it's still fresh, and you'll, they'll usually smile and they'll their eyes will go up, you know, looking again for a, and and, I, and then they'll say, you know, I can't really answer that question. I, I today was normal, you know, like turn up as normal um i wasn't overexcited i wasn't underexcited i had my normal breakfast um and i started off a bit shaky but then i kind of got into the game and if i had to put it in words which is what they're struggling with they'd say today was the day that i i got out of my own way you know i, I let go of a lot of stuff I felt at one point, I felt like it was actually somebody else holding the racket in, 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 in my hand. I really did. And they know that sounds wacky, which is why they're not going to say that probably to anybody else. But they all say that. So they've gone into what the athletes will call the zone, what musicians call they'll be in the groove. They'll be in flow. In flow. And it's yes. a great place to be, yes. isn't it? Yeah, I, I, I think I've been in flow. I have been in that. We all have, I think, whenever we we get our side of our head. So I, I hear you, but I I actually have were envisioning myself in situation and state of mind that it felt that way for me too. Absolutely. Yeah. What would you say that are the long term benefits of hypnosis? and um and the mindset coaching that you do with your clients the long-term benefits are quite simple we achieve more in our life whatever that might be that we want to achieve or that has chosen us um, and we do it with a lot less stress there are people who can achieve great things by willpower and determination and resilience by um, well just sheer uh, perseverance mm -hmm. but that comes at a heavy price because it comes with stress 
And stress is not how the human body is designed to work at all. Um, stress stops us thinking clearly. It uh, blocks the power of the unconscious mind, you know, which is the engine house. Um, and it has physiological effects on us. We don't like the feeling um, with all of these nasty hormones going around our body, which, of course, are not good. For, you know, they inter they, we start um, uh, having uh, fat flowing in our bloodstream, which deposits on the blood vessels, and that can lead to heart disease. And there are studies now showing that it can even lead to cancer. So chronic stress is uh, to be avoided for sure. And it's not that we don't, we don't need to be like that. There are, there are definitely things that will be trying to stress us in our life. Um, but, but there are, uh, if once we've learned how to relax ourselves through meditation, through yoga, through our hobby, through hypnosis, uh, that's the, that's the best antidote there is. That's, 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 and, and it becomes like, because this is a, such a nice way to live, we can spend most of our lives living in this state. I, I'm in an altered state of mind uh, for you know large parts of the day, whether I'm working with people or not. I just love it. If I if I'm free, I just love getting out into nature, and I'm just soaking it all up. Yeah. And I, I hear you, and I think a lot of people have relied or made stress, and actually, I, I even would take an additional step and say that I, I, I remember functioning so much. And sometimes my subconscious mind will still push me to use stress as the way of accomplishing, of uh, achieving goals, because it's just like future focus. And if you, you do this, and then it, whenever you try to detach or separate from that, it feels because it becomes your, your mind becomes kind of like addicted to a goal-oriented approach. And once you don't achieve, then then what are you doing with your time? What are you doing with your life? So if, if stress is not the best or the healthier way to, to success, what would you say that what will be the healthier way through hypnosis? Like what will be the motivator? What will be, uh, what, what would you say that it's, the the is it curiosity like how if, if am i am i making sense you're making sense to me <laughs> <laughs> so how can we achieve success without using pretty much in other words stress as the the gas to get us to because a lot of times people say but if i don't worry if i don't have these goals and if i don't do this and if i don't do that then I'm, which is feels pretty much founded in stress or anxiety yeah the the old business model was that if you put stress on your employees they're going to produce more they like to see their employees busy doing stuff but the more enlightened companies now have recognized there's a better way and the expression is less is more. If, if my mind's in the right place, I can, and I'm writing a book, I can write off 10 pages in, a, in, a, in, a, in an hour, um, or five or 10 pages, which will be plenty for a writer. 
if 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 I'm stressed, then it's more likely that I'm just going to get stuck for ideas, and I'm I'm not I'm not knowing where this story's going, and uh, uh, you know, and I'll end up with nothing, and then I feel bad because there's still part of me that's that that has remembered all of the conditioning that people have given me over the years. You know, if you want to succeed in life, you have to work. You know, forget the eight-hour day, the ten-hour day, twelve hours minimum. You know, you you carry on going until you've got not another drop of blood left. That is all nonsense. And, and sadly, there are still I still hear coaches talking about that kind of thing. I think Einstein said when he was asked, you know, how did you know how did he produce so much work? He said, I spend most of the time just daydreaming. And uh, I always remember, you know, my time at primary school when I was seven years old, you know, the teacher would be screaming at me, you know, why are you staring at the ceiling? You won't find the answers up there. Well, I wish she was still around now because that's where the answers are. Where you think you would show her, you would show her. Have, go to my website and see everything that I have there. And then we'll have a conversation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, so less is more. And um, I, I I gave a TEDx talk and uh, you have to try and get a lot of information across in a short period of time. But if I had to get something across in 20 seconds, this is what I'd say. It, you know, coming from my experience, it probably won't, you know, may well not work for other people, but this is what I'd say. I'd say, talk less. And I might add to that, talk less and talk more slowly. This is a good one. I'd say listen more. Listen a lot more because people will tell you exactly what it is, you know, that they want help with if they're searching for help. And, and they'll be using their own words. And you can use that time by listening and, and not only listening, but by being more observant, you'll feel see people's face change color. You'll definitely be able to see their breathing rate changing and things. And their hands, often their hands will tell the story better than the words will. So talk less, listen more. The third thing, and, and this is the tough one, and we've touched on it today, let go of ego. I think if anybody can do all three of those things, even just a bit better than they're doing right now, you don't have to get it 100%. Even 1% better, life will be easier, more successful and successful. Yeah. I, I guarantee. Yes, I am breathing your words in. They're just like going straight to my soul because I, I, to me, this question was so important. I see in, in our society so much talk about stress and stress management and stress and then it's just like it, it's it's so ingrained in, in in everything in our subconscious but we're not tackling the way that it's that that as you said it's just so simple yet it's hard at the same time but there's so much power in the undoing in the inaction in the good sense of the word of course because people are running but you're running towards what and kind of like it's a reassurance of that we need just to stop i have suggested clients that just don't do anything for three minutes I can't I, I cannot just sit down and sit still for three minutes I'm like what sometimes I do it for 15 minutes an hour there are people that just meditate for it but it's is this 
constant running, pursuing, sometimes even aimless without without having any, we're just running for running just because it's how we learn to operate. So I am definitely soaking in every single word of this conversation. How can people find you? Um, what will be ideal people to get your services? I would say everyone, but um, any any particular um, expertise or focus? I know that you work with sports medicine and businesses. And any who can reach you? Where can you be reached? Well. Um... It doesn't matter what background anybody comes from at all. It makes no 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 difference. When I first started this, you know, my second career, um, I focused on professional golfers and it was very successful. But but it was only after about three or four years that I realized I don't have to talk to professional golfers. I could be the same saying the same to the man next door. It, it's all you know. It's all the way we use our mind, really. So it doesn't make any difference. Um, I mean, the easiest way to find out a little bit more about what I do is is go to my website and it's called drstephensimpson.com. Maybe you can give the link in the show notes or something. But thank you. But I mean, the first thing is, you know, you don't need to worry about money. There's, I put lots of free stuff out there. And just because it's free, it doesn't mean that it hasn't helped some people because it has. I've, I've, I have two podcast channels. Um, I've written, I've got about 300 videos on YouTube. Some of them are so old, I dread to think about what I said then. I'm sure I'd say it differently now, but anyway, they're still there. And and um, and then, you know, if you've got a specific question, you know, send, send me an email. My email address is there. And I made this promise when I started that I'll always reply to every email. And so far, I've kept that promise. If I suddenly start getting a million a day, um, it'll be a stretch. It'll be. I'll, I'll have to start with one and see where we go after that. <laughs> yeah, and I can vouch um, for anyone that goes into Dr. Simpson's website. There's so many resources, so many resources. There are so many stories, the TED Talk, so many different uh, information when it comes to the more every every a, a lot of information about neurolinguistic programming, about hypnotherapy, about hypnotherapy about mindset coach, I assure you, you won't be disappointed and there's so many resources there. And I really had so much fun with this talk. I thank you so much for the work that you do for being an inspiration. You definitely have inspired me and I'm I'm honored for, for me to have this opportunity to share your knowledge and your wisdom with all of uh, our, our listeners. So for everyone that is listening, all of Dr. Simpson's information will be added into the description. That way it can also make it easier to, to contact this amazing human being. Thank, well, thank, you know, I, I'm almost crying. I don't often hear people talking like that. And I mustn't <laughs> let it go to my head. Otherwise, my ego will, will gorge itself. But uh, no, I've had great fun talking to you. And I see you very much as a fellow therapist. I think we're on the same road. We're all trying our best to make this world a slightly better place. And boy, it really needs it right now. So my, my blessings to you as well, Rosalind. Yes, thank you so much. And I guess I'll see you all next time. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to help support the podcast, 
Please don't forget to hit subscribe, share with others, post it about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.